is us and um you know i don't i don't know if you've ever watched a tv show this is us has anybody watched that show before um uh, Tiffany and I uh, got into a, you know, I don't know, it was halfway through season two uh, when we started watching that show. And uh, the, the biggest thing about it is it, it was really uh, focusing on family and focusing on uh, the importance of, of being you and being us. And and in and, and, and our time today, like, I feel like, I don't know about you, but in my own life, I get distracted from so many things in the world and I get so often sidetracked that I forget about my family at home sometimes. Are you in that same place uh, in your life? Like, you get so caught up in work, you get, uh, like me, I get so caught up in ministry uh, that, that I forget that my wife's at home sometimes. I forget that my kid is at home sometimes. And, and uh, just this week, uh, I started thinking about that, and I started uh, thinking about, you know, I, I'm asking the church today, our, our core value of today is a gospel-centered relationship. We believe in gospel centered relationships and i'm like that starts at home hey like i've got to cultivate that in in my house i've got to do what i'm asking the church to do as a family as a whole it's got to start in my home and so me and tiff have been talking and um just some things uh, uh, that that we would like to see in, in our house for riley and just last night you know sometimes i feel like i'm not teaching her anything and just last night it was 10 18 at night, and all of a sudden, uh, she started singing a song from Vacation Bible School, a song that she hasn't really heard in a month from now. And um, it was one of those things, I'm going to turn the speaker off, it's buzzing bad. It was one of those things that uh, honestly kind of kind of woke me up a little bit. She's like, every good thing, every good thing. And she goes, woo! And, and uh, you know, it's hard not to get upset at her at that time, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but it was so precious. And I'm like, and I looked at Tiffany and I said, one day, just one day, she's going to realize just what she's singing. And, you know, it, it all starts at the home, but it also starts here at church. Last week we talked about it was all about Jesus. Now, core value number one, like, it was all about Jesus. Everything that we do, everything that we say, it has to be about Jesus. And He is the reason that we do what we do. And then today, as we talk about gospel relationship, gospel-centered relationships, I've titled our message, Gospel Relationships Matter. Gospel Relationships Matter. Let's think about it for a moment. Where would you be right now if it wasn't for relationships? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about where you would be at work? Like, you know, some of you work with hundreds of people every day. Like, what would it be like if you went to work every day and you didn't speak to each other? Or what if you went every day and it was just you? There was no relationship. Some of you work in schools. What would it be if you were a teacher or you worked in the school uh, situation and you didn't build relationships with the kids at your school? It would be kind of difficult, would it not? What would, what would marriage be like today if you just married somebody but you didn't have a relationship with them? You'd probably find out very quickly, this ain't going to work. Relationships matter. Where would you be if our kids didn't interact and build relationships? You see, relationships truly matter. One of the things that I've learned in the, in the church planting journey over the last three years and I was learning a little bit in my ministry as I was going on, is that gospel relationships absolutely matter. Um, 
It's important that we build relationships with, like for me, with other pastors and, and other leaders because we never know what may come from those relationships. One of the relationships that God has allowed us to build here is the relationship with Jonas from the Rowan Baptist Association. If it wasn't for the relationship that I had previously with Jonas, we may not be in this building today. Gospel relationships matter. If it, if it wasn't for the relationships that we are building, cross life would not necessarily be what it is today. So I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John. We're going to look at uh, the Gospel of John chapter 13 this morning. Gospel of John chapter 13. Very, um, a very uh, uh, important passage, a passage that, that you've probably read before if you've studied the Bible at any uh, point in your life. Um, if not, you've probably heard these verses. We're just going to look at verses 34 and 35 to start with. Gospel of John chapter 13, looking at verses 34 and 35. And Jesus says these words, A new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. But this all will know, that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Church, Jesus says three times that you shall love one another. If we want to build a gospel relationship family, then we've got to have love for one another. If we want God to send the community our way, and them to come through these doors, we've got to love one another. And it starts with us. The first thing I want us to see this morning as we go ahead and jump right into uh, the points of our message. Number one today, lost people matter to Jesus and they should matter to us. Lost people matter to Jesus and they should matter to us. I want you to think of something right now. You've walked through your life this week. Maybe, maybe... Backtrack all the way to August the 1st. How many times did we pray for a lost person when we prayed? You know, Jesus was constantly doing ministry to the lost. He was constantly going to village to village, city to city, preaching the good news, trying to get people to follow him. When he, when he had the disciples, hey, look, these 12 men didn't really care to, to, to wake up that day and, and Jesus stand before them and all of a sudden, hey, drop your nets, you're going to follow me the rest of your life and, and this is how it's going to be. Like they, they didn't think that was going to happen. They didn't know that any of that was going to take place. But Jesus was building relationships with these people. And if you look over the Gospels, okay, and you look at these 12 men, at the end of it, they were doing life together, like absolutely doing life together. They were sitting around the table the night before Jesus was arrested. And Jesus is telling them, like, look, it's going to happen. But this is why it matters, because there's a gospel relationship that I have in each one of you. And I need you to go carry it out. And so it was pretty simple. But lost people mattered to Jesus. They, they mattered to God so much that God sent his son Jesus to die in our place for the entire world on the cross. He did it so you and I could be with Jesus forever in a place we call heaven and eternity. And lost people should be the very central focus of the church. 
Hey, like, if, if all we do is open up the door for believers to come in, then we're doing it wrong. Like, my number one goal every single week is to see somebody saved in the service. Like, every Sunday morning, you're going to hear the gospel preach because there's always one. Hey, and I believe in a room this size this morning that there may be one in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ. And every time I stand behind this pulpit, I preach like it's going to be the last time I get to get the gospel. And that's how it should be. Like, like church, I'm just saying, like, if, if, you've, if you've been to a church before, that's the power that you should feel. You should feel the gospel preached. Hey, if the gospel is not preached, and you got family members in a, in a church where the gospel is not being preached, tell them to get out and find another church. We, we need to be in churches that are gospel-filled, gospel-centered, where everybody that walks through this door has a chance to respond no matter if I'm preaching from a sermon in the book of Leviticus, we're going to put the gospel in it. Hey, if we're talking about money, I know we don't like talking about money, <laughs> but if we're talking about money, we're going to put the gospel in it because I believe the gospel matters and lost people matter. And every time at 10 a.m. worship time, every time we have worship, the gospel should matter to us. Every time. As your pastor, lost people are at the top to me. They matter. I, I have the conviction as a believer to uh, share the gospel and give people the opportunity to accept Jesus. It's one of those things at the, the very core of my life that absolutely matters to me. Hey, like, one of the things I think about in my family right now, Riley's four years old, and that girl, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't know, she can, she can tell you stuff about Jesus, but she, she doesn't know it in her heart yet. But I pray that the more I, I pour into her and the more that Tiffany pours into her as we read to her and we, we grow her up, that there will be a day that she's standing up there showing the church what she's done. And she's given her life to the Lord. Like, I pray for that every day. If you have children that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, my challenge to you is to pray for them. Pray for them every day. Set a time every day if you have to and pray for them at that specific time. Start doing that if you're not doing it. Because God does answer prayer. You right here are an answer to prayer that Tiffany and I have prayed over and over and over. And as the church has come together as a family, it's something that the church has prayed for over and over and over. Because we've said it over and over and over that you are a piece to the puzzle here at Cross Life. No, if we studied this whole entire chapter of John 13, we, we don't have that kind of time today, but I encourage you to do that in your own time this week. Go back and, and read that chapter. If you come to Grow Group on Sunday mornings, it's uh, kind of like our, our Sunday school time. It's at 9 a.m. Uh, they're going to be talking about this next week. They're going to be going over uh, the Gospel of John chapter 13 next week, and, and, and you're going to dig deeper into what was preached today. But if you've studied the whole passage, you would see that in the beginning of John 13, Jesus is about to wash the feet of the disciples, which is honestly a symbol of humility for Jesus right there. If you've ever been a part of a, a foot-washing ceremony and you are the person washing the feet, it's one of the most humbling acts that you will ever do. If you've ever had your feet washed, it's one of the most humbling acts you will ever take part in. It's an important thing. But this is the time where Judas was about to betray Jesus, and here he is washing the feet of the disciples, knowing that there's a betrayer in the mix. 
And instead, Jesus is pretty much saying, you're going to love each other and I'm going to love you, but there's somebody out there right now that's going to deny me and there's also somebody that's going to betray me. And, and, and Jesus is having a conversation with, with Peter, I believe. And Peter's like, not me, Lord, not me. And Peter's also saying, Jesus, not just my feet, but wash everything. <laughs> wash it all. And Jesus said this in verse 10. He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean. And then Jesus says these words, but not all of you. But not all of you. And if we look in the rest, we can, we can read the story. He cared for his disciples. He, he cared deeply for this ministry to continue after he died on the cross. Because here's the thing, like if the ministry wouldn't have, have kept on, then we wouldn't be here today. If, if the ministry wouldn't have kept on, then there would be a lot of lost people dying and going to a place called hell. Lost people mattered to Jesus. So in verse 34, Jesus gives this new commandment. And he says this, You should have love for one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Those words are so true today. Okay, Here's the truth. We cannot say we want people to be saved if we don't have a heart for all people to be saved. Let me say it again. And we cannot say we want people to be saved if we don't have a heart for all people to be saved. You see, Jesus didn't just come for one of us. He didn't come just for one ethnicity or one uh, financial, social status, whatever, economic status. He, he didn't die just for one set of people. He died for all of us. And listen, these, these people groups that, that Norman brings to us every single week, there are people out there, and we may not believe it, like, it, like we're in our bubble right here in Salisbury, North Carolina. Like There's a church on every corner. But there are, church, there, there are places out there in the jungles uh, of Africa and, and, and in other countries. They don't have a church to go to. You know, they'll be killed if they find out they have a Bible at home. Church, we have it so good right here and we don't even realize it. Like we are blessed to be able to sit in a worship service on Sunday morning. There's people out there that's never heard the name of Jesus Christ before. And I know that uh, some of us, and, and, and me too, like I, I'd, I'd be completely, perfectly okay if Jesus decided right now to rapture his church away. I, I would. And, and it would be a blessing because I know where I'm going, but I can't, I can't sleep at night sometimes because I know I've got friends who don't know Jesus. And the church was raptured away right now. They wouldn't be coming with us. We've got to be serious about the gospel relationship and having those relationships with lost people. It's so true. You know, we, we've got to love them all. There's, there's no gray area when it comes to love. Um, I told our, our youth this past Tuesday night that one of the, one of the best things that Cross Life does, I, I believe, is that we love people. And, and my challenge to them is, as you go to school this year, that you will love people. Now, you will carry that on because that's what cross life has been made of. We're known by the love we have for other people. Number two this morning, 
I, I believe forming relationships matter to Jesus, and they should also matter to us. Forming relationships matter to Jesus, so it should matter to us. Think, of, think about it for a moment. Has 2021 so far this year, we're, we're in month number eight. It's crazy to think about, isn't it? Month, month number eight. We're in August. How many relationships can you say you formed this year? You know, can, can you think of, of five people that maybe you have become friends with and, and you are building a relationship with? What about ten? What about outside the church? Are we forming relationships outside of the church that one day is kind of like a pool of people in our life that we want to bring in to church? It's one of the things God's convicted me on. As I, I fill out a report for uh, the uh, Southern Baptist Convention every, every month, I'm not even, not even supposed to be doing it anymore, but I still do it because uh, I, I like to keep up with stuff and, it's, and it keeps it all in a file for me. And, and I like to look back over it. And one of the things that it started asking me is who's in the pool of my life for evangelism? Who am I consistently sharing the gospel with? And the first month that that question came up on that forum, I had like one name. And I was, I was so convicted I said, here I am, a pastor of a church, and there's one person I'm actively pouring the gospel into that I hope will give his life to the Lord. And that was Wilmer. And we know Wilmer uh, gave his life to the Lord, and we give, we give glory for that to God. But now my list of evangelism pool has, has pulled out to about 20 people that I'm consistently pouring into, that I'm consistently seeing on the outside of the church, saying, these people need Jesus. So I want you to think about, and if you know those people, I want you to write them down. Think about it. Is there people that you are consistently pouring into that's not just in the church? Because I believe relationships in the church matter, absolutely. But how are we ever going to get lost people in the church if we're not actively engaging lost people? The part of the ministry that, that I've tried to do personally is what God's called me to do, is build relationships not only within, but without. No, he modeled this. Jesus modeled it for us. And we can see that come out of John 13 and verses 6 through 11. We just read that we see some interaction. I want to go back and read that whole entire uh, section of verses in verses 6 through 11. Jesus came up to Simon Peter, or Peter came up to, to Jesus, and, and Peter said to him, Lord, are, are you washing my feet? <laughs> Jesus answered to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Jesus is kind of giving Peter that, that warning, like, hey, the, the time is drawing near. I've been telling you and telling you and telling you for three years that I'm going to die on the cross for your sins. And for this whole entire world to understand, I'm going to have to go to the cross. So Peter and Jesus have this, like, Intimate relationship. If you notice in the Gospels, like Peter and Jesus are all the time with each other. He's one of those guys that's always beside Jesus. And Peter's also one of those that always questions Jesus about everything. Um, and we probably can put ourselves in, in, in the shoes of Peter a lot. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part of me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not just my feet but my hands and my head. Like, now that Peter understands what's going on, Peter's like, I don't want just my feet washed. I want everything washed. 
I, I want everything to be clean because you said, I'm not a part of you if I don't do this. So I'm giving you my all. Church, when's the last time we can say that in our life? When's the last time we can say that we said to, to Jesus, I want to give you my all? I want to give you everything that I've got, not just a part of my heart, because I think sometimes we're good at giving maybe one-eighth of our heart, but we don't want to give our whole heart. Maybe sometimes we give half of our heart, but we don't put our whole heart in it because we're afraid of getting hurt. You know, that's how I used to be in relationships. Like, Tiffany Tiffany had to pull back the, the onion, uh, the layers of the onion on me like crazy when we first started dating because there was so much hurt within my heart. And so, like, the first date, hey, like, I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, this girl seems legit, but I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, how, you know how it is. Like, I'm sitting across from her and I'm like, she's got every right answer in the book, man. Like, what does she do? Study relationships before we went out on this date. Like, and I'm sure she was thinking the same thing because she's been in a lot of bad relationships too. And it's like, as, as that date went on, God's just like, dude, you better keep this one. I've put her in your life for a reason. And I can honestly say, like, that's a scary thought. You're sitting across from the woman that you just met, really. And all of a sudden, God's saying, this is her. Like, I've put her in your lap. When you least expect it, church, did you know when you at least expect things, that's when things happen in your life? I don't know if anybody really knows the backstory of Amber coming to lead worship for us starting next Sunday, but um, about three weeks before Amber emailed us asking if the position was still open, I had taken it down from every website that we had put it on. Um, I had given up. I was like, just going to be another season. We're not going to find one. It's okay. We're going to continue doing what we're doing. And, and, and life goes on, the church is going to go on, and then voila, there it is. You know, when you stop searching for stuff, it's when we search the most, when we kind of mess things up. When we stop searching, God can work. But so often we're searching for our will, not His. And we're wanting, we're wanting something for us, not necessarily for Him. And so it's just so important that as we form these relationships, as Jesus has done with Peter right here, just talking about washing the feet. Jesus is saying, What's your, what, what I'm doing you don't understand now, but you'll know after this church. When we moved to this location in December, we didn't know what was going to happen. Can I say that again? Like, we did not know what was going to happen. We had no idea what would take place just seven months later. But God is doing something so beautiful in a church that I honestly, I've never seen. Like, uh, every time I turn around, somebody's getting saved lately. <laughs> like, it, it's really cool. It's really cool to be a part of it. And it's really cool to be in the atmosphere of it. But church, we can't stop just because a few got saved. We, we can't stop just because a few new people have walked into the church in the past six months We've got to keep forming the relationships. And we've got to keep going after it. Because I don't believe that, that Jesus called us here just to, to be a church of, of 80 people and say, that's enough. I believe he's got so much more. I really do. I, I, I believe that, that forming relationships is where it's going to be at. And I'm sure if you, you think about your life right now, 
You could think about maybe an inner circle in your own life that you've allowed people to be in. Like, not everybody is part of your inner circle, are they? Like, I've got people in my outer circle, but then there's some people that's really in my bubble. Like, there's not many people inside Thomas's bubble because Thomas likes to keep things within himself. It's really hard to, to burst the bubble of Thomas sometimes. But everybody's got those people. You've got those people that are on speed dial if something goes wrong. These people, people typically know everything that is going on in your life, but others may have no idea. The more you form relationships, the more you allow people to see it all. And last Saturday, when we did the discipleship training with, with our folks in the fellowship hall, you guys that were here, you learned things about my life that I had never shared with anybody else. There were stories that I shared that day that my own wife has never heard because I'm letting you inside my bubble, and that's really hard. It's really hard to do. And you've peeled back layers of the onion that nobody else has ever been able to peel back. You've asked questions that nobody else has ever asked me. And it's caused me to say, I can't lie. I've got to, I've got to let it out. I, I, I've got to let them in my life. One of those stories was uh, about a relationship with my father. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy to share that story again with you if uh, you ever want to hear it. But my relationship with my father meant so much that I would do anything I could to be by his side because he was a pastor just like me. And the older I get, the more I'm like my dad and it scares me. Um, <laughs> especially work-wise, like, really scares me. Uh, they say the older you get, the more you act like your parents. And that's totally true. Um, but but it, it's one of those things, like, I, I, I desired the attention. So I would do anything that I could to get the attention. And so if that meant playing ball in the backyard at 9 o'clock at night, that's what I was going to do because... I very rarely got to see my dad. Like, he came to all my ball games. Like, he was always there. But he worked so much. I would say five, six nights of the week, he, he wasn't home. And so I desired the attention and forming the relationship with him now that I'm out of the house. Like, I have, a, I have the best relationship with my parents that I could ever thank God for. Like, it, it's an amazing thing. But it, it's taken peeling back the onion a little bit and letting them in. And that is why relationships matter in the church, not just in your relationship, but forming gospel-centered relationships because that is us. I, I don't want to know just what your favorite color is and, and, and what your favorite sports team might be. I hope it's the Tar Heels. Uh, but I want to know how you're doing on a spiritual level. Hey, like... Some of the text messages that I've been getting for the last couple of weeks saying, man, I'm so excited how cross life and, and God is just changing my life. I want to hear those stories. I want to hear the impact that the church has made on your life because those are the stories that move us forward as a church. Here's the thing, too. In the Bible, we see relationships. Okay, You, you had Abraham and Lot. Abraham reminds us about loyalty and, and being the one to, to go above and beyond for our friends. Moses had the best friend in Aaron. He was the assistant to Moses. Paul had Timothy as the apprentice that he would take under his wings and show him the ropes. It would then become Barnabas, Timothy, and Paul. 
And, and Barnabas would serve as like the associate role, and Timothy as an apprentice, Paul as the mentor. Everyone in life needs relationships in the church. Hey, and some of those that I just mentioned with Timothy and Paul and Barnabas, like we're finding our Timothys and Barnabases in this church. We're finding them. And each week, God's given us an opportunity to be fed. Uh, and I think the more that, that God grows us, the more we will learn from within us. And, and these are, are guys that, like, for me in my life, in, in, my, in my personal walk, like I, I look to seasoned pastors. Like pastors that have been doing it longer than me, they're older than me, uh, they, they've, they've done it, they've, they, they've shown the ropes, and some of these are in traditional churches, some of these are in more uh, the contemporary church in, some of them are church planters. Like I've formed these relationships with people so I could have an inner circle to say, look, I need your guidance, I need your help. It's important. There are those in life that, that God's given us to lead in the church. I believe we're starting to see some leaders blossom. And those leaders will help create more leaders as, as time goes through. And if you're a leader in the church today and you're not actively trying to create another leader, you're not doing it right. We've got to create more leaders. Like everybody in this place can be a leader in some capacity. I believe that relationships matter. Gospel relationships matter to the church. And Jesus modeled it in his ministry, and we should too. Number three today is kind of a, a point that we hit on a little last week, but I want to bring it back out. Loving people matter to Jesus, and it should matter to us. Loving people matter to Jesus, and it should absolutely matter to us. We're, we're told in, in John 13, 35, by Jesus, he says these words, You will know if you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How does relationships form and how do those relationships develop and blossom into something when we start having love for one another? When we start walking in the shoes of others? When you connect the dots and see that there is more than just a little friendship? When we realize that it doesn't just stop at friendship, that it goes into a brotherhood or a sisterhood, when it forms into a disciple making a disciple. And at the core of all of it, as we said last week, it was all about Jesus. We've got to continue that theme this morning by saying at the center of gospel-filled relationships, it is all about Jesus. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. A little while ago, just a few months ago, probably, I preached a, uh, the passage of Jesus being asked about keeping the commandments in Mark 12. And this is what Jesus says in verses 29 through 31. Jesus answered, and the first of all of the commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. But the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than those. And then in John 15, just a, a few chapters over from where we're at today, one of my favorite all-time passages of Scripture in the Bible, Jesus says this, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I kept my Father's commandments. And abide in his love. 
These things I've spoken to you that my joy may, may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever the father you ask in the father in my name, he may give you these things I command you that you love one another. You know what Jesus did in that passage? He peeled back the onion of his life for them to be a part of. And he says, look, other people have no idea, but because I've let you into my circle, I've formed this relationship with you, I'm letting you in, and now it's time that we have love for one another. Jesus' love was shown all through Scripture, and if we can live by that, hey, if we can just live by Scripture, we will form the gospel-centered relationships that will last a lifetime. We will be known through our love. We will be known through our expression. And it isn't about just putting the bumper sticker on the back of the car or, or, or wearing a, a necklace with a cross or uh, maybe a shirt or uh, uh, many hats. It's about showing it with our expressions towards others. Every instance that Jesus had to show love, he showed it. Even when others did not love him back. Think about the scene at the cross. Even while Jesus was hanging on the cross, as Jesus is getting mocked, as he's getting ridiculed, as he's getting beaten and spit upon, he showed love through every single action. And were there moments that people probably frustrated him? Absolutely. <laughs> like Those disciples probably frustrated him more than, than we could count. Remember the religious leaders that we talked about just a few weeks ago where there were moments that he left scratching his head wondering why they didn't respond and make the right choice? Absolutely. Is there moments like that in our life where we think that we have really shared the gospel? Maybe, maybe you preached the best message I've preached in my whole entire ministry and everybody walks out and nobody gets saved. Like Those times happen, church. But we've got to keep pressing on. And this is what I say. And, and, and I'm going to keep saying, especially about first-time guests and, 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 and just what we're trying to build, you are family the moment that you walk in. And listen, if you didn't feel like family the moment you walk in, I failed. I didn't do my job. And we didn't do our job. Like, I, I believe that. Like, that's, that's one of the things that I hear over and over and over again. Is like, we're family. We feel like family and and. And if that didn't happen, if you didn't get that instant, the time you walked in, I apologize to you. And this is the thing. If we could have the mindset that no matter how hard things can get sometimes, like, I don't know about you, but there's been some Thanksgiving and Christmases that I didn't really want to go home and be with my family. <laughs> like, like, it might would have turned into World War III, but at the end of it, and the reason why we go is because we love them. Church, when times get hard, don't think we're, we're always going to be a, a, 
a church that, that doesn't have anything go wrong. Like, like Satan, Satan can get in this thing in a heartbeat. We know that. We've seen it. But when times get hard, let's press on and let's say that we're going to have love for one another just as Jesus had love for me. Are we teaching people the importance of thanking God? Are we teaching our children to pray? Are we teaching them maybe the importance of, of just thanking Jesus for, for something as simple as food as we eat? Are we reading the Bible or is it just something that takes place when we come to church? You know, those are all the things that we can apply to the kingdom at home and to this core value. It starts with us. It starts with your home. It starts with those around you every single day in your workplaces. Are you actively building relationships with others that can one day turn to gospel conversations and relationships? Are you able to pour into them maybe a truth that you learned at church? Not being pressing, because sometimes if you press, you, you lost them. But just slowly getting in there, are you able to meet needs where they are in our church family? Are we actively seeking new people out that maybe haven't been coming as long as you? And this is, this is my challenge to you. After church today, I want you to go to somebody you don't know and start talking to them and build a relationship. Uh, I think it's important that as the family grows, that we grow together and that we know each other and that we have love for each other. So three big challenges this week. One, it starts in your home. If you've got a child at home, start reading a Bible story to her at night or him. Start having the prayer time before the meal together and just start teaching them the importance. Two, look for that person that you can build a relationship with at, at work. Somebody that you can maybe start pouring into in three. Find somebody new in this congregation to talk to them this week. Let's do those three things, and that's how we build the family, and that's how we see gospel relationships in the church. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I pray that our church right here at Cross Life will be nothing but relationships. Lord, as we pour into each other, as you have poured into us through your word, God, I, I pray that we would have love for one another. God, that that would speak truth to us, Lord, as we look in our homes. Maybe it's a devotional with our spouse. Maybe it's prayer time with our spouse. Maybe it's prayer time with our kids. Lord, whatever that may look like in the home. God, in our workplaces, can we just think about the things that uh, you would have us to do? There's, there's people that we work with every day, people that we see is there somebody that may stick out in our minds that may need Jesus in their life that we can speak some life into? Lord, in looking in the church, Lord, we thank you for the people that you have put into our path. Lord, and, and I know that we, we, we have a, a special bond, but God, the bond can be stronger as we form relationships with others that we don't really know as well. So God, help us this week. Help us seek that out. Lord, help us be passionate about people. Lord, as you were passionate about people, as you went from village to village telling the gospel, God, help us go to village to village. Help us go from community to community. 
Lord, help us go from person to person not being ashamed of your gospel. Lord, we give these things to you and we just pray that you will continue to bless us and bless our hearts and bless our families. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand with us, we're going to do a closing invitation. If you need to come today, I, I don't want to leave this place without giving you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. If you need to give your life to Jesus today, would you come uh, speak to me? I'll be up front. We're going to sing a song, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Would you come today? If that's you, maybe maybe you just need to come pray at the altar today. Maybe maybe there's something that you need to do in your life and, and there's something that you need to be praying about, a lost person that, that you need. Would you come during this time? Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. We want to take a moment and thank you for visiting Cross Life with us today. We pray that this message will really reach out and touch you and that God will work through this message and let you hear what you need to hear.